Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 8. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits, teaching, teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their conscience uh, are, are dead. Their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and to eat uh, certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. I mean, it's really not a sin to eat any kind of food. There's really not a sin to indulge and enjoy the fruits of our labor. So, so we want to make it clear right here. I mean, just before service, I, I, someone walked up to me and gave me a huge bag of tamales and homemade tortillas. And, I, and, and it's like, is this God or is this the devil? It was God. It was for my cheat days. You can still have whatever you want to have, but in moderation. So we're not telling anybody and should be strict and tell you, especially there should be no one in here trying to look at anyone else and judging them. Now, for food, that would be a strange nude movement. We don't need that kind of movement. We are simply being very balanced in the approach and understanding that God is good and all things are great and good in moderation. And so... Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. If you explain these things to a brother or sister, Timothy, you will be worthy. You will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and and good teachings you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas, old wise tales, and instead train your body to be godly. And here's, here's what we're going to talk about tonight. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. We're going to talk about building momentum in your spiritual life and how that would change your physical life building momentum when you build momentum and you establish discipline in one area of your life it will begin to spread in every other area that you desire God to move in and you want to see change and I believe with all of my heart the first step to being physically made whole is to be spiritually made whole because a healthy spirit again everything healthy grows it expands to your consciousness. It expands into your mentality, your attitude, and God gives you something called self-control and the fruits of the Spirit. How many of you want to learn tonight? Turn around to somebody and tell them we're going to build momentum in our lives. Are you ready? We're going to build momentum, and you can be seated after you do that. Thank you for standing, and thank all of you for watching here tonight. Godliness is a, is a word that literally means in this portion of Scripture, respect and reverence towards God. It's to have a conscience towards God and to look at things considering Him in all things. You, you and I have been taught to pray for everything that we consume within our body by saying, Lord, bless this to the nourishment of my body, but but not, it, not all of it is healthy enough for God to do that. I mean, he turned water to wine, but he cannot turn those calories into muscle, right? Abs, good cardio. I mean, we have to use common sense. So I've learned when I sit down at the table to eat, I don't say God bless us to the nourishment of my body if it's a hamburger. I say, Lord, thank you for allowing me to have this. Bless it from any kind of dirtiness. If the person made it with dirty hands, God, protect me from that. But we have to use common sense. 
and start taking responsibility for the things we put inside our body because our body is the it's the temple. When you read Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 29, I'm going to give you the instruction. And it's very simple. So this isn't going to be a long message, but this is really going to be something that you need to grab a hold of and let God speak to you and give you some guidance. Because really and truly, you don't need a nutritionist. You need just simple wisdom from God because he's the one that made the body. Now, I have friends that are nutritionists, and I'm meeting with them and talking with them, and I love to learn. But, but to begin your journey, the best place to go to is the counsel of God and the Word of God because the Bible has the answers. And again, the whole focus here is to allow God or your body that God made to heal itself, to work things out and excrete them in your in your life physically so so you can have the sense of well-being to do the will of God for your life because we need you here longer turn to somebody and tell them we we need you here for a long time we want you here your children need you your grandchildren need you I'm going to re-edit some things and I'm going to rephrase some things from last Sunday and and try to deliver it for the sake of learning, we, we learn by repetition. So you're going to hear me say some things that need to be said again. But until we can get this in the, in the church, where it's not forced, but it's, an, it's looked at as an opportunity to better ourselves. When you look in the Word of God, you'll look at this in the first chapter. I believe the very beginning of every book has the significance to the remaining chapters. And in this chapter... God said, and God so created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. So it is God's will for you to grow, expand, be fruitful, multiply. It is God's will. We heard a tremendous testimony during our thanks, night of thanks here. Uh, just how many of you enjoyed those testimonies that night? Just so many wonderful stories, and I loved hearing the stories that Gary and Sherry Good would shared with us about how God made her fruitful, and how God has done that so many times for people who have doctors have told them they can't produce, they can't have babies. But can I? I just want to say this tonight: God can heal, God can give you children, God can, God can, because He made the body. But that's another subject. Your faith will determine what you produce. And when you work on things like that to prepare God to work in your life, you have to go back and look at the instruction. The manual for life and living well is the Bible. And God said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. So God expected them to have strength. I believe the Spirit of God would anoint them. The Spirit of God would be upon them. We know this because when they sinned, they lost something. They hid instead of being active. And he said, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the animals that scurry along. That takes energy, folks. That takes strength. And then God said, look, I have given you every seed bearing plant. I have given you every seed bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. That's the key to your health. I want you to repeat this after me and write this down if you can. If God didn't make it, don't eat it. And that's that simple. We stick as close as we can to whatever God created. Someone told me one time, and I thought this made sense, most of the food that you buy in the grocery store are on the outer aisles. Most of the food that you'll consume are in the outer aisles, and everything in between is processed. And, and a lot of people don't understand the process that food goes through. So it sounds very simple, the instruction there. And I don't think, and I don't think we realize there's a lot of educational videos and there's a lot of material and books that would tell us how different the food is now compared to what it used to look like. I mean, corn wasn't yellow. Corn was blue and smaller. 
So this is what we call genetically modified foods. And when you see something that says no genetically modified food on the label, am I saying that correctly? Then you'll understand that it wasn't something that was manipulated or tweaked to be different. Like the tomatoes were really kind of a poisonous little fruit. But then they totally changed it. You do the study. And so what we are accustomed to in the United States of America is food that has been genetically modified and changed. And by the time we digest it, it doesn't function the way God intended it to function. So this is another reason why we started Riverside Co-op to teach people how to grow their own food. And I know that sounds so outdated, and you're probably thinking, how in the world am I going to be able to grow a garden? I can't even barely make, I can barely make it to the grocery store. That's why you like going to Aldi's, right? Because you just go right in and go right out. Hardly anyone's there. And, I mean, I go there all the time. But we're getting to a place where if we don't start teaching this in the church, it's going to affect us. And if we don't open up our eyes to what we're putting in our bodies, that we are going to cause our own death much sooner by forks and knives. And, and it's so common for us. I, wrote, I read you the stats of how many deaths happen every year for diseases can, that can be prevented by better health. Your doctor will even tell you. But when God began to instruct and to give men direction and women and humanity, he simply told them, everything I created is good for you. Again, if God didn't make it, question it. And just begin to make the process of eliminating certain things for better health. Because did you know, and I, I'm going to throw some things in there that aren't in my notes, but I feel like you need to understand just a very fundamental concept before we move further because this is very practical but has anyone ever taught you that really your body is just made up of tubes tubes tiny tubes big tubes capillary we're talking about how do you think you sweat in your skin absorption through the intestinal area it's nothing more than passageways and tubes. And when those tiny, tiny, tiny microscopic tubes, they're so small, they get clogged. It's like the roads in Victoria or in our city having roadblocks. It messes up your day when construction goes on or when there's a dead-end road or somebody put a sign there, somebody got into a wreck. It's the same concept. In your body, we have di the body is so intelligent that it will digest and eat anything you put in there. Anything. And we put stuff in there, and I'm going to, I'm fixing to, I am fixing to cause some of you to go into depression right now, but that's okay. You'll love me later, I hope. But, like, I used to love Top Ramen noodles. That was my favorite thing to eat until I found out what was in them. And I'm not going to tell you what's in them because I want you to go home and look at that for yourself. Don't stop with one person. Consider everything. And don't believe everything you hear on the Internet. But the truth is you have to know how you feel, what it does. But the truth is, is that it takes a lot of discipline. I didn't know that chicken, when you buy it from the store in some companies, they actually put it in chlorine before you get it at home to kill the bacteria. Why do you think it looks so white and so clean? They dip it in chemicals. Eggs, I told you about eggs. There are certain things that you have to watch out for, and there are better options. You can buy organic, and you can buy different things. It costs more, but how, how, how important is your body? Can I give you a concept that God spoke to me about? Because I said to God in my mind, oh, my God. This is expensive. That, that, that's everyone's excuse. I can't eat like that. I'm, no, hombre, we're just going to stick to just fideo, carne, tortillas, frijoles. I grew up the same way. 
It's not a sin. It's not a sin. But there are certain things that need to be cut back on, and our body needs to get used to other things that are better. And, and so there's no judgment here. There's no arrogance. There's no ego. We truly want to make a shift in the church for your good and for our good and to, to help and to educate because what I'm beginning right here will continue in the healthy living ministry we're starting in this church. If you want to learn more, join Julie Adams' crew. Join that crew. Go online. Find the crew, Healthy Living, Riverside Health, and join it and learn and get educated. Ask questions. Read books. A lot of the things that you see that are processed means that before it gets to your table, there are different procedures it goes through to preserve it. And a lot of those preservatives and things that are there are very harmful for the body. I can get into some things that will shock you about our vegetation, but I don't want to, well, I don't care if you label me as a conspiracy theorist, but do you know what's in those chemicals that they spray over all of our plants and things that are there? You know where they got those from? Look it up. After World War II, guess who got the chemical and the chemist and the scientists from Germany and what they did with them in the United States of America and how they used what was biological weapons, how they began to infuse them within our own food industry. That's all I'm going to say. Call me crazy, but you do the research. If you really care about what's going in your bodies and can't figure out why you are experiencing certain things, there are some things the medical field doesn't know because it's just a malfunction within the body, the tubes are clogged in certain areas. Again, cardiovascular health is an issue most of the time because of a artery that is clogged or a chemical imbalance because there are certain things in the endocrine system that can't function properly because chemicals cannot be properly dispersed. Very common sense stuff. But the big question is, and I've said enough practical things, let's get into the spiritual part. We know a lot of stuff. I mean, we can, you can create substitutes. Trust me. There are different ways of cooking. My daughter, my daughter Haley, has a gift that she got from her mother, from her grandmother. Uh, Pastor Don's mother was an excellent cook. And she was so creative. And the anointing hit Haley one night. And she made the most healthiest cookie I have ever eaten. And I felt like it was unhealthy for me. And you need to follow Haley. Follow her and ask her for that recipe. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. There are alternatives, so don't get depressed. But how in the world do we make that transition? The willpower. The only time in ministry I have ever seen people get defiant. Are you ready? You need to write this down. The only time we get rebellious and defiant is when we talk about money and food. Money and food. If you can die to those two areas of your life, you will be a person that can't be stopped. It's a fact. I don't care if you don't clap with me or not. I'm telling you right now, it's the truth. Money and food are what's arouses and provokes your flesh. It's like, don't mess with that area of my life. That's my business. That's none of your business, like Latinos. That's none of your business what I do. Right? <laughs> like you tell your wife, don't let them know our business. It's none of their business. It's an excuse for everything. It is God's business if you're his temple, though. That's between you and God, right? So we do have to talk about things that we can better our life. But the big question, once again, is where do we get the momentum from, the desire, the will to do this? I mean, it's like starting over in life sometimes. And it takes a lot of energy to stop momentum than it does as well to start it. The same type of energy, actually. To stop Something in motion takes a lot of energy, and to start something again in motion takes a lot more energy. 
we have built so much momentum from a lifestyle that to stop it can be very draining. But I'm going to teach you tonight how to shift on the fly and how God can help you. I'm going to help you do that tonight. This is something God showed me. I feel like it's a revelation and understanding, and I think it would help a lot of people. Would you like to learn it? Starting is the hardest part in our life. But it's very hard. And so the only point I'm going to give you tonight is this. Prayer builds momentum faster than any other discipline. Prayer builds momentum faster than any other discipline. It is a proven fact. If you will be disciplined in one area of your life, that one area of your life will begin to carry over into other areas of your life. Don't disqualify yourself thinking, I'm not disciplined. You are disciplined. You are disciplined. You just don't look at it as being disciplined. When you wake up in the morning, how many of you have the same routine? I don't care if it's going to the restroom, getting a drink of water, brushing your teeth. I don't know what it is, but how many of you have the same routine every single morning? That requires discipline. You just learn how to function in that muscle memory. Your body begins to function that way because you decided that's your routine. Because you desire that or your body requires it, it doesn't matter. You're disciplined. Can you look around tonight? There's a lot of disciplined people here because you came to church. You came to church tonight. That is a discipline. Give yourself some kudos, man. Give yourself some points for that. You have a chance to win every, you win every day already. You win every day already. So don't take points away from your life. There are certain things that we do already. But when you can focus on the one thing, every single person has one area in their life that they are good at. And it doesn't matter what it is. If you're good at housekeeping, organizing, decorating, cooking, building, serving, drawing, painting, you name it. I don't care what it is. If you hone that one skill, if you focus on that one thing, it'll make room for you and bring you and connect you to people and you'll be on demand because you focus on one thing. In America, we have focused on 20 things. And lose our momentum. But I'm here to contend for the faith, if you will, that prayer is the greatest talent and art and skill you could learn. I believe it's an art. There's an art to praying. Praying is very skillful to the person who knows how to pray. Trust me. And when you have spent enough time doing it, you will learn how to distinguish your voice, God's voice, the world's voice, the devil's voice, and you won't be confused anymore. There are things that happen within the body when we begin to pray. Prayer is a work, but I'm here to give you a secret, a revelation, that if you'll stop expending your energy on everything else and put all of your energy on focusing on prayer, like we're talking focused prayer, make prayer a solemn moment in your life like you would breakfast, lunch, or dinner, in any area, in any time, I believe nighttime prayer is the most vital time to pray. I believe morning time is the vital time to praise and decree. But nighttime prayer, I believe this is backwards, right? We've been taught morning. According to the Jewish calendar and the custom, how God created the heavens and the earth, the day begins at night. That's what we teach here, and that's what we've taught to help you understand, because nighttime is where spiritual warfare really begins. 
And when you can begin the day by the night, you can ward off and ward off every attack and strategy that the enemy has had in your life. You will learn to enjoy and see the benefits of prayer. There are multiple benefits, multiple benefits of prayer. And you may be even asking, I don't know how to pray. How do I do it? You begin by talking to God consistently and listening consistently. Those two things. That's how you start learning how to pray. Write it down if you have notes. Just talking to God consistently. I mean, I really mean talking. I don't mean thinking. That's meditation. When God created things, because prayer creates, and you are not, you are not, you're in the image of God. Are we not? Yeah, it came out right. There you go. We're in the image of God. When we pray, God creates through our life. So we have to speak like God spoke. And when you talk to God, listen, your God has ears to hear. Do you remember when Elijah looked at the prophets of Baal and he started doing their sacrifices? And he made fun of them and said, is your God hard of hearing? Is he dead? Is he? I mean... We serve a living God that has arms and ears and eyes spiritually to reach out to hear and to see everything in our life. And he wants to be involved there. And prayer becomes exciting when you start to see the results. In the process of doing this, it takes work to begin the momentum. It's like riding a bike. It's just like riding a bike. You have to find the balance. You find the balance, and you build momentum. When I first started a health, this health journey began a couple of years ago, actually, by riding bike. It was so hard for me to try to be consistent with that, so I invited guys to go with me. I said, maybe if I got some friends to hang out with me and go with me, I, I can do this. And, and I wanted to invite other people into my world, too. I wanted to connect with them. And, and so I said, hey, let's get together. Let's ride bikes. And we did. And after a while, there was a moment where I stopped. Then I started again. And I stopped. Then I started again. But then I kept consistent with it. And this time, I didn't invite nobody else but the Holy Ghost with me. And what God showed me was my biggest struggle, the reason I didn't have the energy to do something physical was because I had allowed my appetites to be out of sorts. And my body was feeling the repercussions of bad decisions. You don't feel good. You don't do good. And it begins with health. That's why Jesus taught fasting because back in their day, and it, fasting is still relevant for today, by the way. But what the Spirit of God began to show me is that you can live a lifestyle of fasting without having to torment yourself and getting an attitude with God and say, I'm not doing that, God. That wasn't God. God didn't speak to me about fasting three days. I want you to think about being wise about breaking up your time. Some people don't do anything because they don't have an hour to do it. But what if you broke up five minutes, a little bit at a time, broke up, break up the hour? It doesn't have to be all done at once. You can break up the hour. You can break up the hour and spread it throughout the year. You can break it out throughout the day. Just do something. Just do something instead of doing nothing because you think you don't have the time. Five minutes in prayer will go way further than not praying at all. I mean, five solemn, focused, concentrated minutes will do us a lot of good every night and every day. Because guess what's going to happen? You know, there is energy in prayer as well. The Spirit of God is lively, awake. How many of you have ever come into church sleepy, but during worship you did something? It wasn't just the music. It was the Holy Ghost that just began to revive you and give you energy. Why do you think when you go into prayer many times you feel tired and you're like, I wasn't tired beforehand. Now I feel tired. Some things are the devil. Some things are just you. Sometimes it's your body used to just going in certain positions. And that's why you need to walk sometimes in prayer. When you walk and pray, 
and which, by the way, is a great way to implement fitness and spirituality into your life. Do a prayer walk. Get the blood flowing. You think better. You think clearer. I love prayer walking. But prayer will build momentum because here's what happens. I want to show you this diagram. I thought riding a bike was easy. Throw this slide up here if you don't mind. I thought riding a bike was easy. And I bought this bike when I started riding more that had all these different gears. And no one ever taught me what those gears were for. I thought, this is cool. I have options here. And, but no, I, that I literally, I mean, you think you know how to do simple things like swim. I had a buddy of mine that was trying to teach me how to swim. I thought I knew how to swim. I don't know how to swim. I mean, I'm not going to drown. I'm not going to flounder out there, but I don't know how to swim, like really swim. Swimming's not an easy thing. You think it is, but it's not. I know how to swim. You know how to dog paddle. It's not swimming. I thought I knew how to do certain things in my life. I thought I knew how to ride a bike. But riding a bike is more than being balanced. So I started looking at all the different gears. And if you look at this diagram, the first thing that has to happen, you have to put your foot on the pedal. Like prayer, you have to put work into it. It takes energy. How many of you know that the first pedals that you give and strive for are, very, are harder than the ones that after you've got going are? It's harder to start something, isn't it? But did you know that on a bike, the smaller gears were meant for you to get started with because they're easier to turn faster? And if you notice the first two in the front, it's like our soul. We go into two gears. We can do things in our flesh. We can do things in our spirit. And when we begin to do things in our flesh, it's a little hard, it seems. It's a smaller one. It takes, it's easier, it seems. Sometimes it can be harder, but just getting started. Then your spirit will kick in, and you'll start to feel something different. I believe the thing that connects the back gears from the front gears is just the spirit man, your spiritual connection to God. But if you notice the shifter on the back side, how many of you see that shifter? It says faith. Your faith will begin to shift. And I didn't know this, but every gear on the back end was meant to meet different terrain. For example, I know this sounds so fundamental, but I'm teaching you something to help you understand what prayer is like and how prayer can help you build momentum. And we're not just talking about how it helps you build desire and momentum in your physical health. It will help you build it in your business, in your family, in your career, in your education, with the wisdom of God, the love of I'm talking about every area. Prayer works. Because the Holy Ghost is like water, right? The river of life. It doesn't just flow to one compartment. Water will go everywhere that you allow the channel to flow or to be open. And I didn't reckon, I didn't know this, but all those gears in the back of the bike were for when you're going uphill, you can shift gears to make it easier to go uphill. And when you're going downhill, you can shift gears to help you build and catch momentum to go downhill. And when you go downhill, it is the moment you want to go, if you're in a race, as fast as you can to help you keep that momentum to save you energy. Many times when we start prayer, it's an uphill battle. Then if you stay there long enough, because a lot of people will start in prayer and they'll get up there and they're getting to it, that they never allow themselves to let the Holy Ghost get them on the other side. Everyone has a hill and a high terrain to conquer. Some of us have mountains. But I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost will help you push it up the mountain, and the other side becomes easier. You'll get through it if you stay with it. The first race I did, uh, I did uh, after riding bike for a while was a, uh, I think it was a 60-mile race, 65-mile race. And... Uh, I weighed probably 40 more pounds than I do right now. And when you've got, and I'm not ashamed to tell you that 
I almost weighed 400 pounds after being sick. You know the story. How many of you have heard the story? I don't have to go through that again. But, but, but I was working on losing weight, and I didn't know how to do it. And, and biking was the only thing I can do at the moment because I remember when I was little, I enjoyed biking. Biking was so fun. And you have to do things that you enjoy, right? So I said, the only way I'm going to commit to this thing is I'm going to put myself in a position where I have to be committed. So I signed up for a race. And I didn't, <laughs> like I could have did the 25-mile race, the 15-mile race. No, I'm going to 65, I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. One of the hardest things I ever did in my life. I mean, listen, I got to tell you, I just, all I'm going to tell you is I didn't come out first, okay? But I did finish. I did finish. But I was going, and we were going, and these weren't big hills, by the way. These were like, like you know, inclines, you know? But, and everyone would just kind of, boom, 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 passing me up. I'm there. <laughs> breathe, breathe. I remember the videos I saw. Breathe. Every, nothing was working. But once I got on the back side, every, once I got on the other side, every person that passed me up, my body weight and momentum just went. And I yelled out loud, fat boy coming through. And everybody, I can hear him laughing. <laughs> when you've got momentum, it is hard to stop once you get started is all I'm saying. A lot of you are carrying weight right now spiritually, but when you get into prayer, the very thing that was hindering you is the very thing that will begin to drive you because you will shift. You will shift gears in your faith, and that's what prayer does. Prayer will begin to get your soul connected to the faith of God, and God will shift gears in motion. So when you're going up a moment that's, tempting for you if your prayer if you're praying and your prayers are still alive inside of you because the spirit of God it's not like it's not like you you pray for five minutes 10 minutes 30 an hour and it's not like the spirit of God says okay that was wonderful I'm going to take a break you understand what I'm telling you you still have residue and flow in your life. That's why after prayer, it's so important to praise. Because throughout the day, and if you don't have the words to say, just a simple thank you, Jesus, throughout the day. Hallelujah. God is good. You keep the water flowing. You keep it going. And when you need to shift gears, your faith is intact. And when you need love, the fruits of the Spirit. Your heel may be somebody who is hateful to you. Shift gears. It's easier. It's easier. When someone brings you tamales and tortillas, you're like, thank you, Jesus, because you shifted gears. You got self-control. And wisdom kicks in, and now you're thinking, I'm not going to. This is for my cheat day. Some of y'all probably would have went, it's the Lord's will that we go home and just break this thing. We're going to break it tonight. If you're going to break it, break it good, right? You understand where the fruits of the Spirit come in? The fruit of the Spirit comes in when you're trying to live right and do healthy things, but you're being tempted by people. And I'm not saying this was a temptation, sis. Thank you so much. I'm saying by in those awkward moments, a lot of people will say, I can't live that way because the people I'm around all the time don't eat that way. That is a bad excuse. We need to get shirts made. No excuses. No excuse. They probably have them already. No excuses. The same kitchen that... Very practical, but just common sense. The same kitchen that made chicken Alfredo can give you a chicken breast with no Alfredo sauce. I'm just saying, unless you're on the keto. Whatever your thing is, you can modify anything. But the truth is, without the Holy Ghost, it's harder at first. Because the Holy Ghost, through prayer, was designed to satisfy your spirit and your soul 
which in turn will affect your body. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 4, I have meat to eat you know not of. And they said, who fed him? You see how the body, soul, and spirit, how it all ties in together? When you are spiritually being fed by the Holy Ghost, it brings temperance into your life, self-control. This is what the Lord taught me years ago. The first desire you feed in the morning is the one that's going to win throughout the day. The first desire you feed in the morning is going to be the one that wins throughout the day. So it's like starting a fire. The first one you light wins, but you have to keep it lit. Okay, you have to keep it lit. But here's the challenge. If you will focus on all of your energy, I promise you, 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 you won't be disappointed. Don't expect results overnight, by the way. Think long term. Stop thinking short term. Write this down in your notes. Start thinking long term. It'll shift your thinking to have goals and don't have one goal. I mean, you know, have one goal, but have many goals within that one goal. But think long term because if you don't have a reason for living or goals, you know, goals without even planning and putting dates on them to meet them are nothing more than dreams. So write them down. I learned that from my son. Write them down. Put them down. And try your best. But I promise you, whatever God's will is for your life, prayer will help you get there. And it is, believe it or not, it is God's will, according to three, third John, that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. It is not God's will for his people to be sick all the time. He never intended that for us. Case in point, when God spoke to Israel through Moses, he told them, the diseases I put on the Egyptians, I won't put on you. Psalms 91, the pestilence, the diseases that go out throughout the world, he said he can shelter us in those areas. But if we don't pray, and God, sometimes that shelter is not just spiritual health, sometimes it's wisdom. The gifts of the Spirit, which I was going to put that in there as well, but we wanted to deal with the fruits of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit will also be there to help you shift gears for whatever you need to overcome. But it happens through prayer. Prayer is the secret. If you can understand the benefits, it's almost like me telling you there is a bank account with your name on it that some billionaire is filling and keeping full every single month, and here's the card to it. Be wise. The only, the only thing, the only thing is, if it's his will, if he okays it, you can have it. And you have to know what the will of God is. Anything concerning God's will, God will give you what it takes. Well, I don't know how that's going to happen. You know what? It's in his will. The faith, the favor, the opportunities, it all begins with the work and the building of synergy of your entire body in prayer. And when you have the momentum... And when you have walk in, you're walking in the will of God or you are writing in God's will through prayer. Prayer is a vehicle. I look at prayer more as a bicycle more than anything else because it, you can still get there. I mean, I've ridden my bike to Quero and back. You can get there. Take four hours, but you'll get there and back. You can get there. But it takes work. And as long as you understand the reality of discipline in one area, God will help you in every other area of your life. So you have to ask yourself, what is it in your life 
you like discipline for. Focus on the one discipline that doesn't cost you anything but time and energy. Doesn't cost you money. It's free. Jesus walked in this earth poor to the physical eye, but yet the owner of all things. Come on, amen. Jesus walked on this earth the richest man there ever was. Richer than Solomon, even more wisdom than Solomon. And even he said there's one greater than Solomon here today to the people. And when you saw the life of Jesus, no matter he, what he had need for, and any problem, any hill, his faith shifted gears. And through the love of God, he fed the thousands. Through a compassionate heart. Through the shifting of gears that Calvary, God gave him patience and long-suffering. The fruit of the Spirit. I have meat to eat, you know, know not of. The fruit of the Spirit, self-control. Father, forgive them. You don't, they don't know what they're doing. Love. Shifted gears. You know what some of you lack? You know what we all lack? Joy. It's your strength. You got to learn how to shift gears. How do you do that? Pray. How do you pray? Just do it. Years ago, I was at work and I was asking God. I worked at the chemical plant and I was asking God. I said, God, I want to learn how to pray, but I don't have anybody to teach me. This is before YouTube and before the internet, you know, and I was just so hungry to learn. And I didn't feel like I had a mentor. I didn't have mentors. And every time I'd walk up to somebody, they felt like there was some preconceived motive. And I, I never had that. I just was hungry to learn. And so, and so I pray. I said, God, help me. You see, you don't need people. You need God. You need God. And, and, and Jesus said that the, the Holy Ghost would be your teacher. And, and he'll bring you the right people at the right time in your life. But you have to prepare for that. Stay prepared. And when I was there, I, I was in, in this warehouse, and there was another guy next to me, and we had this conveyor going, and there was resin going in, boxes, and it was a plastics plant, and, and he was next to me, and, and, and we had this desk there, and he was marking the boxes, and I would close them up, and the guy would take it in the forklift, and, and I kept saying, Lord, teach me how to pray, teach me how to pray. And I kept saying it over and over. And all of a sudden in my mind, I saw a Nike check mark. And I'm not trying to mark it for Nike. But I saw a Nike check mark, a swoosh. And the Lord said, just do it. And for a split second, I thought God would never use Nike to tell me how to pray. So I said to the guy next to me, my coworker, I said, I've got to go to the restroom. I said, you mind if I take a break? He said, yeah, go ahead. So I went. And I came back a little bit later, and where I, right where I was sitting was that marker. And when I was gone, that guy had come over there with that marker, and he drew a big Nike swish mark on my desk. And when I got back, I saw that Nike swish mark. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I said, just do it. That's how I learned how to pray, by doing it. How you learn how to ride a bike? By doing it. We need to stop making excuses about prayer. Prayer, I'm going to tell you the facts. The fact is, is that when we call for prayer in the church, it ought to be our most filled service here because a group of people understand the power of it. If you knew the power of prayer, you would do it every day. If you knew the power of prayer and what it can do in your life, you would be motivated to get there. Whether you felt like it or not, it will drive you when you see God begin to answer your prayers. Prayer is what builds momentum in every area of your life, and the Holy Ghost will give you. If you feel like you're the kind of person where I've never been disciplined in my life, that, listen, you've got Jesus. You have a disciplined individual inside of you who will give you the know-how and the passion and the desire every single day. All you've got to do is let him begin to teach you, grow you, 
How many of you are getting this here tonight? Come on, stand to your feet here this Wednesday evening. Prayer is the key to building momentum and discipline in our lives. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something else. When your health is better, you can hear the voice of God more clearer. You can. You can hear the voice of God much more clearer. You can pray for longer moments. Those five minutes, trust me, if you start doing it for five focused minutes, it'll turn into 10, 15, 20, and there is no stopping. And you'll finally say, I can't stop praying. Someone's asked me before, how long are you supposed to pray? Here's the answer. Pray until you can't stop praying. There's no time frame on it. We have to live in that, in a constant state of prayer and consistency. That's the secret to your spiritual growth, your physical growth, your financial growth, your career growth, your family growth. Everything healthy grows. How many of you see the importance of establishing this value in the church? How many of you see that? If you want that kind of discipline, if you need that discipline, if you need that passion and that desire, just lift up your hands and say, God, give me the Holy Ghost, God, burning inside of me. Give me self-control. Give me discipline. Give me areas. See, discipline's become a bad word because we feel like it's chastising. It's not chastising. It's training, growing, developing. It's doing something that you don't feel like doing, but once you do it, you're glad you did. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray tonight. If there's anyone here that hasn't given their life to you, we pray let them take the first step tonight. If there's anyone in this building that needs to commit their life to Jesus Christ, if they've been living in a life that's been their own, we pray that you would just let your love begin to saturate their hearts. We pray that their spirit, God, would begin to feel the peace of God. We pray that your arms would wrap around them. And if that's you tonight, just bow your head and make this your prayer and just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want a different life. I want a better life. I want a life of peace. I want a life of love. I want a healthy life physically, spiritually, and mentally. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.